Welcome to the Victor Podcast. This is your host, Avril Riley. And on today's show, I'll be talking about getting rid of the grasshopper mindset. Hey, listen, do you know what a grasshopper mindset is? Well, if you don't, then stay tuned and listen on. On today's topic, no grasshopper mindset with your host, Avril Riley. Stay tuned. Today, I'm going to continue and wrap up the series on leaving Egypt. We're going to talk about today some of the symptoms of the grasshopper mindset, some of the symptoms that causes God not to seem bigger in our eyes than the problem itself. And so we're going to go to Exodus 3, verse 13 to 15. That's Exodus 3, verse 13 to 15. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Here God was assuring Israel of who he is. He said, I am who I am, God said. It means I have all dominion. I have all power. I have all authority over everything. I am self-existing. I am self-sufficient. That's the one who sent you. I am the God who was, the God who is, and the God who will be. I am the ever-present God, the living God, and I'm the covenant-keeping God. So whatever I tell you, whatever I promise you, it's guaranteed. I will not break it, but you may break it. But I will not break it because I'm the covenant keeping, the covenant making, the covenant sustaining God. And if I gave you a promise, I will hold to my word. And so God repeated the promise to them because somehow they failed to understand. Somehow we failed to understand the power and the presence of the great I am. And so God gave them a promise. He said, Exodus 3, verse 8, he said, I have come down to rescue you from the hands of the Egyptian, and I am taking you up out of that land, that Egypt land, into a good and spacious land, and it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and I know it's the home of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. You see, all these ites that will come, all these ites that will come, I want you to know that God control all those ites, and they're not greater than your God and my God. God said, listen, I know the land is the home of the ites, but this land is yours because I, the great I am, say so. But God had to tell them a second time. Exodus 3 verse 17. I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt. I have promised to bring you into the land again of the ites. A land flowing with milk and honey. And I saw so when I read that, I said, God. I pray right now over each and every one of us that we have the eyes to see God, 
the ears to hear and the hearts to understand this morning, God. We don't want to be like the Israelites. So give us the eyes and the ears and the hearts to understand. Because God had to tell them a third time. Leviticus 20, verse 20 to 23. Go with me there. Leviticus 20, 20 to 23. Sorry, 20, 23 to 24. And God said, you must not live according to the customs of the nations. That's the ites, all the Jebusites and the Hittites that I'm going to drive out before you because they were ungodly. They were ungodly. Read the verses prior to that and you'll see. So God said, don't live like them. I am going to drive them out before you. I want us to note here that God says, I am going to drive them out before you because of what they did. And I don't like it. But I said to you, verse 24, you will possess their land. You will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord, your God, who has set you apart from the nations. Now, I want us to take note and assess our own lives, including me, because after all the miracles, after all the successful rescue mission, after all the divine protection, after all the divine deliverance, after the divine feeding, the Israelites still place limit on the power of God. They diminished the greatness of his name and instead they adopted a grasshopper mindset of doubt and unbelief. You're going to see what that caused. Go with me to now to Numbers 13, verse 18 to 20. Numbers 13, verse 18 to 20. We see Moses sending out 12 spies to explore the very land that God has promised them. And Moses says, go, see what the land is like and whether the people are living there, are they weak or are they strong? Are they few or are they many? Tell me, come back and tell me, what kind of land do they live in? Is it a land that is good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are, the, are they unwalled or are they fortified? Check the soil, check the soil. How is the soil? Is the soil fertile or is the soil poor? Are there trees that will indicate they're flourishing or not? And by the way, bring your best, try your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now, you're probably wondering what was going on with Moses. Well, let me tell you something. If you read Deuteronomy 1 verse 19 to 22, you will see that sending out the spies was to satisfy a request of the Israelites. That's in Deuteronomy 1 verse 19 to 22. Because God had already told them it was a good land. It was a spacious land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. God has already told us that by his stripes, we were healed. God has already told us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But these Israelites, they needed to prove for themselves if the land was good or bad, whether the people were weak or strong, and if the cities were fortified. God has already told them that the land was theirs. They just needed to believe to go in and to boldly take it. But they had no cure for their unbelief. 
Because you see, if they had believed what God had said, they would not have wasted 40 years in the wilderness. And so I said, Lord, help us. Help us to get it, Jesus, and to not be like the Israelites. I'm here to remind us this morning. You need healing this morning? Healing is already yours. Touch your bodies right now and say, by his stripes, I was healed past tense. Don't look at the current situation and exalt it above God when God has already paid the price, shed his blood on the cross. Healing is yours. Receive it, believe it, and receive it. Restoration of marriages and relationships is already yours. You're not striving for it. It's already yours. Go to God. He said, whom God put together, let no man put asunder. That's the word of the Lord. Wealth and prosperity is already ours. He said, I have given you the ability to create wealth. He is the creator. Victory is already yours. No weapon that is formed against you. Diabolical scheme that is set up against you, your marriage, your job, your home, your finances. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The victory is already yours. Jesus Christ paid for it on the cross. The cross is the proof of the promise. All we've got to do is see God greater, see God Almighty bigger, and believe and receive it. And so the spies went out. They went out searching, and that included Joshua and Caleb. And 40 days later, they returned. So let's see the report now so we can identify the grasshopper mindset and check ourselves in the process. You see, this scene was set where all the Israelites, every single one of them was present. Moses and Aaron was also there. Numbers 13, verse 27 to 28. And we're going to stay there and then we're going to go to some other scriptures. Numbers 13, 27 to 28. The spies came back and this is their report. Moses, 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 we did go into the land that you sent us. And yes, Moses, it does flow with milk and honey. Now, remember now, all the Israelites are there listening. Here is the fruit. They even brought back the fruit Moses asked them to bring back. But, but, the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified. And very large Moses. And we even saw the descendants of Anak. At least they got one thing right. They confirmed what God had told them. Ding, ding. They confirmed it. The land was flowing with milk and honey, just as God said. But, but what, spies? We see powerful people. They're living there. Whoa. So there's some exaltation taking place. The cities are fortified. And by the way, the giants, they're giants there. The descendants of Anak, they're giants in the land. Well, the first thing, write this down about the grasshopper mindset, is that they look to natural things and they walk by sight. They look to natural things and they walk by sight. But Caleb and Joshua, they had a different perspective and they spoke a different language. And so when they saw that the Israelites were getting unruly and, and start to complain, they tried to quiet down the situation. They said in verse 30, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. 
See, Joshua and Caleb, they walked by faith, talked by faith, and wanted to act by faith. They knew that God was faithful and true. And they knew that victory was already theirs. And they knew that God's power has no limit. He is the omnipotent God. They knew that he is the great I am that I am who had sent them. And he knew that if God be for them, who or what can be against them? Because the battle was already won in the spirit. They spoke a language of faith which is optimistic, believing that God is well able. God will bring us into the land. Their conclusion is one of faith. The giants in the land are useless, defenseless, because with the great I am on our side, who can defeat us? He is the greatest God. Who can stand against us if they dare try to stand against him? But the unbelieving spies, they would not have it. Joshua, Caleb, stop talking nonsense. Numbers 13, verse 31. This was their response. We can't go up because the people that we saw, they are stronger than us. These people are stronger than us. Well, the second thing I want us to know about the grasshopper mindset is that the language they speak is a language of unbelief. And so their conclusion is one of unbelief. We saw, we are not able, we are not strong enough, we are not adequate, we are not good enough. Well, where is the I am that I am who delivered you, who fed you, who rescued you? Where is the I am that I am who promised you? That he would take you into that land you know god has died on the cross and he has made everything available to us so i want you to know today that whatever you're facing if you believe you're not strong enough if you believe you're not good enough if you're exalting the situation in your mind and focusing on the situation and nursing it and rehearsing it and seeing the problem bigger than God, then let me remind us of what our covenant keeping faithful, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful God says. He says, no weapons form against you shall prosper. It may form, but it shall not prosper. He said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the spirit of the living God. God does not need our strength to win the battle. Furthermore, the battle belongs to God and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So don't you double dare see yourself weak this morning. Don't you double dare see yourself hopeless. Don't you double dare see yourself inadequate this morning when the God who is greater, who is bigger, who is stronger, has made those promises to you. See yourself bigger this morning because God in you is bigger. Let's keep reading verse 32. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we pass through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. Who wouldn't be scared? And all the people we saw in it 
are men of great size. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The negative reports circulated by word of mouth and the murmuring and the complaining and the rebellion of the Israelites increased. And so the third thing I want us to know about a gropper mind, gossiper mindset, they always see the bad. They can see nothing good. And they're usually the bearer of bad report. They're negative. If you know someone like that, don't hang around them because they will corrupt your heart because it's exactly what the 10 spies who did not believe did. The four things. Please keep your phone here. The four thing about the grasshopper mindset is that they exalt the strength and power of the enemy in their minds over the omnipotent God. I'm here to tell you this morning, and I'm preaching to myself as well. Don't exalt the problem over God. You will not win. We will not win. The instance we see that sickness greater than God, and we begin to focus on it. The instant we see that harassment on the job or that boss who just tend to pick on you, if you want to say it that way, or, or you look into your bank account and you see, you know, funds dwindling, whatever the situation is, you got to go to court because you have a court case. The instance you see the other person, the other thing, the circumstances bigger than God, you have exalted the strength and power of the enemy in your mind over God. And that's what a grasshopper mindset does. So this morning, in the name of Jesus, let us agree. Let, let us have a fresh start. Let us take Egypt out of us because all of us have been guilty at some point in time of that. There's nobody here perfect. No, not one. So all of us have been, have been guilty at some point in time of exalting that problem or situation. We talk about it, we nurse it, we rehearse it, we repeat it, we focus on it. That's exalting it over in your minds over God instead of exalting the word of God. But this morning, let's all agree that there's no name greater. There's no situation greater. There are no mountains bigger than our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Philippians 2 verse 10 says, at the name of Jesus Christ, come on, right where you are right now, let's just, let's just call on the name of Jesus for, for a minute. Jesus, let's just say the name of Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and let's exalt the name of Jesus. Let's just say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because when you say his name, his name is exalted over every situation. Go ahead and cry out the name of Jesus. Because Philippians 2 verse 10 says, at the name of Jesus, which comes from our mouth, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So in the name of Jesus this morning, as you call the name of Jesus, we're not going to operate with a grasshopper mindset this morning. So as you're calling the name of Jesus, I say in the name of Jesus, cancer must bow. I say in the name of Jesus, diabetes must bow. I say in the name of Jesus, arthritis must bow. Strife and oppression must must bow. Fear and anxiety must bow. Poverty and lack must bow. Blood pressure problems must bow. Call the name of it and say bow to the name of Jesus. It must bow. It must bow. 
When you call the name of Jesus, if you can't even pray, just say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just say the name of Jesus. We won't exalt the enemy in our minds. We won't give that situation life or power. We won't do it. That is the scheme of the enemy. That's Egypt still inside of us. That's the Egypt still in operation. When we use our mouth and our minds to give it life and power, instead of using our minds and our heart and our soul to give God power over that situation, because he is powerful. We just have to call on his name. There's no situation this morning that is greater than God. We gotta just believe it. Don't, don't, don't even try to process it. Don't even try to, to look at the natural like that's a grasshopper. Don't even do that. Because if we look at the natural, like Peter, who looked at the waves, instead of focusing on Jesus, that's why he was about to sink. And God had to reach down and pick him up. Let's not even look at the waves. Let's just focus on God, who is bigger, who is greater. We don't want to wander like the deserts, in the, like, the, like the Israelites in, in, in the wilderness. We don't want to go round and round. We want Egypt outside of us. Because God has already paid for it on the cross. And so as we continue in Numbers 13, verse 33, they said, the spies, we even saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers and we must have seen the same to them. Let me repeat that. To ourselves, in our own minds, we seemed like grasshoppers and we must have seen the same to them. So not only they were thinking about their own mind and seeing how they saw themselves, they were actually going into the minds of the other people and saying, hey, they must have seen, we must have seen the same to them. What a confusion. What a confusion. You're God's special people. You're his holy nation. How could you see yourself as the smallest edible creature a grasshopper you were permitted to eat in Leviticus 11.22. Yes, Leviticus 11.22. They were permitted to eat the small edible creature known as a grasshopper. Yet still, they took on the mindset of a grasshopper. Small. Fifth thing about a grasshopper mindset. They're confused about their identity. They're confused about their DNA. They fail to see that they're made in the image of God. God is not a grasshopper. God made the grasshopper. And so because of that, they put self-imposed limitations on themselves. The sixth thing about the grasshopper mindset, they suffer from what is known as inferiority complex. They walk around with a chip on their shoulder they have a low self-esteem. They define themselves by the problems and the circumstances they face. And you know, what's, you know what's dangerous about them? People who operate with a grasshopper mindset, they get people on their side by instilling fear in their hearts. So by mentioning and seeing the descendants of Anak, the giants, that was an aim to get people on their side by instilling fear in their hearts. 
You got to know people operating with a grasshopper mindset and stay away from them. And if any one of us this morning have identified that in us, then we're going to ask God when we take communion to get it out of us. And because of that, the Israelites broke into loud cries. They, they grew discontent. And the Bible said that they wept all night. And so in closing, Numbers 14, verse 2 to 4, this is what they said. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. They, they were saying, take me back to Egypt. Because if I had died there, that would have been better. And, and if I could have died there, if I had died in the wilderness, that would be better than what I'm facing now. So Moses, why did God bring us into this land? Why? To die by the sword? Gosh, our wives and children will become plundered. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt, God? God took them out of Egypt, yet still in their hearts. The first thing that they could think of was not how big God is, was not the promise that God gave them, was not all the many miracles, the signs, the wonders that God had done, but how can we go back to Egypt? And in fact, they said, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. They were trapped inside Egypt, inside them, inside their minds and their soul, trapped. But in the name of Jesus Christ this morning, we are not going to be trapped in our past. We're not gonna be trapped in the old man. We're not gonna be trapped into past sins. You are forgiven, we are forgiven. We're gonna step out of Egypt into the new man, into the spiritual man by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which covered every sin and blotted out every ordinances, every writing against us. God took them out of Egypt, but Egypt remained in their hearts, blinding their eyes to see and to hear the mighty God, the faithful God, the greatest God, the great I am. I want you to know this morning that all the men who spread the evil report, all 10 spies who spread the evil report never made it to the promised land. They died in the wilderness, except for Joshua and Caleb. Many of the Israelites stood on the mountain top, looking over the promised land, but not everyone made it to the promised land. The grasshopper mindset destroyed this reality. So what does it mean to thrive? It means we cannot live our lives with a grasshopper mindset. 2 Peter 1 to 4, it tells us that the promises of God are not just promises. They are great and precious promises so that through them, we share the divine nature of Jesus Christ. They are not just ordinary promises. They are great and precious promises. And through those promises, we share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. So I told you last week that T means trust in God. H is helper led by the Holy Spirit. R is to renew our minds. Get Egypt out of our minds. We are new creations. All things have been made new. Leave Egypt behind. I is identity. We are made in the image of God, Jesus and the Holy 
Holy Spirit, we are not, and God, we are not grasshoppers. So we see ourselves the way God sees us, not through the eyes of another man, not through the eyes of another person. We see ourselves the way God sees us. And the one that I'm going to give you last week, V represents victory. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord God, and I speak this over each and every one of you, just raise your hands right now and just receive this, whether it's healing, uh, marital problems, whether you're looking for a job, whether it's, it's a court case, just raise your hand right now because to thrive means you have victory. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, and I decree it and declare it over each and every one of you this morning as you lift your hands before God. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory so victory is yours so receive it this morning victory over every situation that doesn't align with the word of God John 16 verse 33 said I have told you these things this is Jesus Christ that is speaking so that in me in Christ you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world and because I have overcome the world in me you too shall overcome you are overcomers we are overcomers Go ahead and declare that in the chat. I am an overcomer through Christ in Jesus name. Victory belongs to me. Victory over that situation. Name the situation and say victory in the name of Jesus belongs to me. Believe it. Don't operate with a grasshopper mindset that's going to doubt God. And the last one, E, it represents expect victory every time. Expect victory every time. You see, if the Israelites had expected victory just as God said it, they would have entered the promised land, every single one of them. I want you to know this morning, our promised land is the place where Jesus has gone to prepare for us. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's our promised land. But until he returns to get us, we are expected to thrive. We are expected to live the life God described and gave to us and came for us in John 10, 10. I came to give you life, life more abundant, overflowing, till it full, a thriving life. John 10, 10, thrive is John 10, 10. So expect victory every time.